Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Holy Momentum in Peace, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on June 21st, 2020. Well, good morning, everyone. How are you this morning? Hey, how are we doing? Good, good. Everybody's doing well? Because I, I really do, I really do want to know how are you doing this morning. I know that's a, a question that kind of gets thrown around a lot in our culture. You know, you pass by somebody and you say, hey, how's it going? And then you just keep on moving, right? We never really take the time to find out how we are truly doing. And also, I think at times, because maybe our pride, maybe our insecurities, maybe whatever, um, we don't always take the time to share how we're doing. So I want to encourage you this morning. I want to encourage you. Take some time this week. Ask someone how they're doing. And do it in a moment where, where you actually have the time to listen. Have the time to, to sit with them and maybe encourage them, whether it's a phone call, uh, even a text message or an email, just uh, finding out how someone is doing and listen to them and encourage them, pray with them, pray for them, and uh, walk with them in faith. Because I think uh, the time that we're in right now, I think we, we need each other. Would you agree with that? We need each other. We're, we're, we're important to each other. And I want you guys to know just how important you are to me, how you, important you are to, to this church. See, the Bible teaches us that, that everyone matters. Every person that God created, whether saved or unsaved, God loves. We are his creation. He loves you. He loves me. He loves the people around us. He loves that guy that cuts us off on the road as we're driving. He loves that guy that's mean to us at the store. And uh, he loves all of his creation. And that's the beautiful thing about being a Christian is that we come to a place where we gain this understanding of the depth of God's love for us. And because of that love, uh, we love others, right? We, we seek to honor God by, by loving those around us, whether they deserve it or not. Uh, we want to show them God's love. We want to be a model, an example of God's love in the world around us. But I, I know that, that especially in these moments it's real easy to get distracted from that. Would you agree? It's real easy to kind of change our focus and, and kind of sit back in our homes and just wonder, why is, it going, why is all this stuff going on? You know, what do I do? What do I say? And then you get on social media, right? <laughs> and then it just blows everything out of the water. And you get frustrated. You, all these emotions kind of run, run through you and in you. And uh, you want to respond in ways that maybe are unhealthy uh, you want to respond in ways because of your heart and how you feel and what you've heard and what you've seen. But I want to encourage you this morning. I want to offer you this. If we were to do what the Bible tells us in Galatians 5.22, walking in step with God's Spirit, if we're to do what God asks us to do as Christians, to love those around us, the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And then love your neighbor as yourself. If we're going to do that, then we need to do it by the power of God's Spirit. We need to receive the gift that God has given us. We need to take on God's Spirit. We need to be image bearers of who God is. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 14, it says, strive for peace with everyone. I want you to circle everyone because God truly means everyone. And then he says, and for the holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So the writer here is telling us that we are to strive for peace with everyone. 
And you and I, as Christians, we have to live out, we have to express the likeness of God in his holiness to the world around us. Because if we don't do that, if we, if we don't show God's love, if we don't show the world around us that God is love, then they'll never see God. They'll never know God. See, God has offered us as, as believers the privilege of being peacemakers. So you and I have an opportunity to bear the fruit of peace. We have the power of God's Spirit in us to do so. But before we can help others to know peace, we must first have peace in our own lives. Would you agree with that? That it begins with us. It starts with us. It begins with us using and bearing the fruit of God's righteousness, which is peace. It's us being at peace in our own lives and understanding that God is in control and that, that no matter what happens around us, God is in control. It's us just putting our trust, our faith, and our hope in the God of creation and understanding and knowing that God loves me and he loves me and he loves others and he loves those around me. But I know, again, it, it can be difficult in this moment. But I just want to ask you this morning, are you bearing the fruit of God's peace in your life? Is it a reflection of who you are when people watch you live your life, when people see you on social media, when people watch you go to work and do the things that you do uh, Monday through Friday? Are they seeing someone that's at peace, that's living and bearing the fruit of God's spirit in peace? You know, I know in moments in my own life that, uh, you know, I don't always do that. You know, I, I think I'm human. You know, I, I make mistakes and sometimes I can be a little grumpy or a little off on days. And, but I, I realize and I've come to the place where I understand that those are the moments when I am not walking in step with God's spirit. Those are the moments when I've kind of changed the focus, if you will, and I'm not striving for peace. I'm not helping the world to see who this God is that I'm worshiping because I'm not worshiping him. See, the Bible teaches us that we are to pray without ceasing. And we have to ask ourselves, well, why does it tell us that we are to pray without ceasing? And how do I pray without ceasing? And what does that even look like? Should I just walk around town on my knees with my hands lifted up and, and pray to God? Well, sure, you can, if you like. I wouldn't tell you not to. <laughs> but I think what the Bible is telling us, because in prayer, we're in communication with God. And I think throughout the day, as we live our lives, as we go to work, as we drive down the street, we can be in co constant communication with God. We can pray without ceasing. We can talk to God in every moment of every day. See, and those are the moments when we're going to bear the fruit of peace. Those are the moments when we're going to respond differently to the world around us. And I'll tell you this morning, the world will not know any peace unless they know God. I'm telling you this morning that, that you will never experience peace yourself in your own life until you go into and enter into a personal, deep, intimate relationship with the God that created you. See, God is peace. God is the one that created peace. And he wants peace for you and I. He wants peace for this world. And he wants us to be peacemakers as we live this life and we honor him. Well, fortunately, as God's children, God has given us all the answers in his word. He's helped us to understand the things that he desires for us and how we are to live in peace, how to experience peace and show others true peace, true biblical peace. And because of that, we must respond 
peacefully. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. See, Paul is telling us we have to be right in the presence of God. And we have to be right in the presence of God because we are ambassadors to the world. God wants to use us to help bring peace to the world. See, you and I, we have to be right with God. And this means we give up our lives. We live for Christ. And in our passage today, we're going to discover some steps that we can take to be at peace, to bear the fruit of peace. And so before we do that, let's pray. And let's ask God to guide us. Father, we come before you. And Lord, we want peace in this world. Lord, we want others to experience your peace. We want to experience your peace ourselves. But Father, we we know that we have to be right before you. We have to come and humble ourselves and pray and seek after you and strive for this peace. We have to become more holy because you are a holy God. And Father, I believe truly that, that in the moments that we do that, we'll experience this peace that you've offered us, this peace that you've given us through your spirit. And Father, the world around us will begin to change because we have changed. But Father, we can't do it without you. We need you in our lives. We need to be in constant communication with you. We need to keep our eyes and our focus on you, Lord. But a lot of times the world distracts us. It gets in the way. Father, the devil distracts us and moves us and tries to make us busy. But we come before you this morning and we quiet ourselves and we we come and we ask that you would help us to see Help us to understand. Help us to be peacemakers, Father, as your ambassadors. Lord, we love you and we look to you and we do this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We're going to be in the book of Colossians this morning, so if you guys would grab your Bibles, your iPhones, your iPads, Colossians chapter 3, and I'd like for us to read together the, the first 15 verses. Everybody there? You ready? Give me a big thumbs up. Yahoo, a yippee. We can talk in church. You know that, right? Right? You, you can say things. It's okay. People at home right now are screaming. They're like, yeah, I'm there. I'm ready. I've been ready since last week. Let's do this. All right. Colossians chapter 3, starting in verse 1. He says, if then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. On account of these, the wrath of God is coming in these two, one, the, these you two once walked when you were living in them, but now you must put them all away. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and obscene talk from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Here there is no Greek and Jew circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. 
Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you. So you also must forgive. And above all, above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body. And then he ends it by simply saying, and be thankful. See, the Bible offers us steps that we should take using this momentum that God has given us to live in peace. And the first step is that peace comes from a personal relationship with God. If you look again at verses 1 and 2, he says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Then he says, set your minds on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. I have to say it again, you will never have peace. You will never experience true peace unless you have a personal, deep, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. See, he says it right here. He says, you have been raised with Christ. It's a new life that you have been given. The dead, the old is gone. You've died to the old life and the new life has come. And because of that, you and I should seek the things above. We should look at the heavenly. We should look at the purity of God, the good things that God has given us, all the wonderful things that God has blessed us with. See, understanding and knowing that God is, Christ is seated at the right hand of God. You and I are to set our minds on the things that are above You and I are to to seek first the kingdom of God and all of his righteousness. And then what does it say after that? When we do that, it says everything else will be added unto you. See, in other words, God says, you know what? Trust me in this. You know, come into this love relationship that I have for you and and let me love you and care for you and, and nurture you and do all the things that I've promised you. Trust me in this and put me first. Love me with all of your heart, your mind, and your soul. Love those around you like you love yourself. Be at peace and become a peacemaker. See, we are to seek first the kingdom of God because God is our creator. God is who loves us, and it's God, it's God who we will find our peace in. See, he's the creator of all things, and he loves us. And when we understand this love, it moves us to loving him more. It gives us this peace and an understanding of who he is. And we experience this peace. We live in peace. And we're able to bear the fruit of his peace. Colossians chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. He says, for you have died and your life, and I love this part. He says, your life is hidden with Christ Jesus in God. He says, when Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. See, it's this this oneness, this togetherness, this relationship. It's personal and it's intimate. And it's what you and I should keep our focus on, our relationship with God. We keep our eyes on Jesus. And when we keep our eyes on Jesus, we begin to see one another through the lens of Jesus. We begin to understand that that God loves every one of us. No matter how broken we are, how how messed up we are, God loves us. 
And you have to think about it like this. I want you to take a moment for a second. And do me a favor. Close your eyes real quick. Just pause for a moment. Don't, don't think about anybody else or anything. Just think about Jesus. Think about the heavens and all of its wonder. Think about how God created it all. And, and in the midst of that creation, as God did all of these wonderful things with your eyes closed, think about this, that God created you. That he brought you into this world and he did it with a purpose and with a plan. Now open your eyes. Now look around the room. Look at those that are sitting at home with you. And think about this. God created everyone in this room with that same intent. He created them to be loved. He created them to have this personal, intimate relationship with him. See, there's no separation. Neither Greek, nor Jew, nor male, nor female. There's, there's no separation. God wants this, this personal, intimate relationship with you. He wants you to know him personally. And he wants to know you personally. But the question is, are, are you ready for that? Are you willing to take the steps towards that? Well, the next step we, we see here is that, that peace comes from being one in Christ. See, we move towards a personal, intimate relationship with Christ. We, we put aside the old life, all the, the sinfulness, the sexual impurity, all the things that he talks about here, and then we move towards the goodness of Jesus Christ. In verse 9 and 10, he says, Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge after the image of its creator. See, when we become united with Christ, when we enter into this personal relationship with, with Jesus Christ, we begin to change. God begins to change our hearts. He begins to change our thoughts, our mindsets, the way we see things, how we behave. And we begin to live, hopefully, for the better. We put the old life away. The old practices, the things we used to do. We can no longer say, oh, that's just who I am because that's not who you are anymore. Not in Christ. You, are a new, you have a new life in Christ. You have a new beginning, a new opportunity. And because of that, we work with Christ. We do all of the things that he asks of us. We live in obedience to God's word. And if God says, hey, Floyd, I, I need you to move to China and do some things over there, then you know what? Floyd better just get his bags packed and move to China. Please pray that he doesn't move me to China. <laughs> but I tell you what, if God spoke to me and told me and my wife we needed to do something like that, I'm going to do it. And I'll tell you why. Because God has proven himself to me over and over and over again. See, at the end of our passages here, he says, and be thankful. See, he goes through this little narrative with us and he explains all of these things that bring peace into our lives. This old life is gone, the new life is here, peace has come. We have the power of God's spirit. God is taking care of us. We seek first after his kingdom. He takes care of everything else. Why would I not trust him? Why would I not believe in him? See, and that trust comes out of that oneness with Christ that unity of God's spirit, that understanding that God has created me with a purpose and a plan. 
And when I sense God's spirit moving me, well, I better darn well move. And that doesn't mean you leave the church, by the way. (laughs) That means you go and you find out where God is at work and you join in. You become the hands and feet of Jesus. You become one with Christ. See, that's how you'll experience peace because in that peace, you'll find that you're doing what is right, what is holy, what honors God. And by doing that, you discover the peace that God has promised us. And it's a whole lot better than anything we could ever imagine. Do you guys remember that old store, Glamour Shots? I don't know, I think about a week or so ago, I was talking with someone and that came up, glamour shots. I think it's because of my hairstyle. I changed it. I started parting to the right instead of the left and they noticed, you know, and so they were thinking glamour shots, you know, like, hey man, glamour shots. I don't know what it was. It came up. But I started to think about it this last week for whatever weird reason, you know. You know your pastor's a little weird, but, uh, but he loves Jesus. That's important, right? I started thinking about glamour shots and, and I just kind of looked at some pictures, you know, some old um, Instagram stuff that shows like 70s and 80 pictures of glamour shots. And I tell you what, they look good. Hair and all, you know, they look good. You know, these guys with these long, big gold hair. And, you know, I'm sure glad it's not the 70s because I'd be in trouble, you know, because so, it was all about the hair back then. But they look good, right? So they go into this place, this place they call glamour shots, and they doll themselves up and they, they go in and they take this pretty picture. They'd be all proud of it, posting it on, I don't know what, because they didn't have any internet back then, but maybe hang it in their locker, I don't know. They'd share it with all their friends. And, uh, but, but I started thinking about that. I started thinking about that. They, they, they went in there and they did all these things, but a lot of it wasn't really real, was it? A lot of it is just, you know, stuff that when they kind of took it off, I know when I took off my makeup, I didn't look as good. You know, when, when my hair started falling out, I didn't look as good. It's kind of this, this false sense of peace. This false understanding of what really brings us joy. This false sense of an understanding of what, what true love is in regards to how, how God loves us and what he expects and desires from us. And it's not that we would put on this fake or this front or we would be inauthentic, but God wants us to be authentic in who we are. Would you, would you agree with that? That God doesn't want us to be, to be fake or, or to put on this front and pretend to be something that we are, are not. God wants us to be real and authentic. God wants us to be one with him. And by doing that, you and I move closer to showing the world what it means to live in peace, to be the image bearers of God. So we don't have to fake and pretend to be something that we're not. It's going to come pretty natural to us in a lot of ways. Now, some things are going to be very unnatural because, you know, I don't know how to love people very well. I know that sounds odd coming from a pastor, but I'm still in the process of learning how to love. See, I'm still in the process of learning how to experience this joy that God has given me through the gift of his spirit. I'm still learning how to live in peace. I'm still learning how to have patience and and share that patience with the rest of the world around me. And just like me, you're in the same place. You may be in a different place. You may be further along or further back. But the reality is that we're still being kind of fine-tuned, if you will. God's still moving us. He's sanctifying us. He's changing us. And he's helping us to understand all of these great things that he has for us. 
And because of this peace, the peace that he offers us through his spirit, see, we become one with Christ and then we become one with one another. There's this unity dynamic that God creates. We come together and no matter what we look like or how good we look or how good we don't think we look, whatever the manner is, short, bald, tall, fat, skinny, you name it, you call it, whatever you think is our difference, God says, no way, there is no difference. I love you and I care about you and I'm offering you my peace. I'm offering you my spirit. Do you remember what we learned last week in Acts? He just simply said, repent, get baptized, and receive, receive the gift of God's Spirit. He didn't say there was any pre-qualifications in regards to how you look, how tall you are, what nationality you were, or who you were. He says God loves everybody, and so he's calling us to repentance, and to get baptized, and to receive the power of his Spirit, so that we can walk and bear the fruit of his Spirit. He tells us this in Colossians 3, verses 11 and 12. He says that we've all been created in the image of God, fearfully and wonderfully made. He says, here there is not Greek and Jew, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave-free, but Christ is all and in all. Did you catch that part? Do you know what the Greek word for all is, how it translates? All. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone, everyone, all of us. He says there is no separation in Christ Jesus. We all become one. I was driving, I don't know how the subject came up, and she's a little seven-year-old cutie, you know, and she loves her Uncle Floyd, and we're hanging out and just talking, and something came up somehow. But uh, I said, you know, Ava, I said, uh, in God's kingdom, you and I are like brothers and sisters, I'm not your uncle. I'm really your brother in Christ. And of course, the seven-year-old looked at me and said, huh? <laughs> what? But I think sometimes as Christians, we do the same thing. Huh? He's my brother? He's my sister? She's my sister? See, we have to come to a place where we understand that we are all one in Christ. And because of that, in verse 12, he says, put on then as God's chosen ones holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, meekness, and patience. That's the fruit of God's Spirit. That's us bearing and understanding that as we live in peace, we love one another like God loves us. See, in this love, it gives us peace. It reminds us that we don't have to outdo one another. We don't have to be better than one another. We don't have to look down at each other. We just simply have to strive for peace. And we have to strive for righteousness. We have to strive to, to become more holy, allowing God to sanctify us and shape us and change us by the power of His Spirit. And we do that by becoming one with Jesus Christ. I'll tell you what. You may disagree with this. You may agree with this, but I believe it with all my heart. What our world needs right now, more than anything, it's not money. It's not more rights. I believe our world needs Jesus. They need a savior. See, because our world will never experience peace without him. 
That's why Jesus came and died on a cross. So that we can know what peace is. So that we can understand how we live in peace, how we walk in step with God's spirit and experience the fruit of his spirit. See, the world needs a savior and his name is Jesus Christ. And he came so that you and I would experience this peace, so that we'd have an understanding of this peace. The last step that we see here, step three, simply peace comes when we love others. Verses 14 and 15, he says, and above all, the, above all these put on love, which binds everything together. You know, I think about that little piece right there. That love binds everything together in perfect harmony. And I just can't help but just to think how true that is. That love binds everything together in perfect harmony. And then in verse 15, he says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. See, as a church, we should lead with love. We should start everything we do with love. Any ministry, any, any action that we take in the community, any time we serve, it should be initiated with a heart to love. See, it's so important that we love the world around us because that's when we experience peace. That's when we have peace with others. And I'll tell you this morning, if you're not loving the world around you, if you're not showing God's love, you'll, you'll never experience peace in this world. This world will never experience peace through you. It all has to start with love. And I know that seems kind of like, you know, the, the pastoral thing to do or say, you know, oh, just love everybody. Peace and love, brother. But I'm talking about a God kind of love. I'm talking about an agape kind of love. I'm talking about a love that, that, that just transcends everything, that looks beyond the brokenness, looks beyond the sin and says, hey, you know what, you're God's creation. And I'm willing to sit with you. I'm willing to love you. I'm willing to be a friend to you no matter what. See, if we love people, we'll have a voice. And when we get that voice, let's not use it to share our opinions. Let's not use it to tell them what we think. Let's use that voice to tell them what the Bible says, what God thinks, what God wants, what God desires. Let's point them to Jesus because he is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through him. So you and I, if we want peace in the world, then we need to point them to the Savior. We need to point them to Jesus, and we have to do it through our own lives. And it begins with our passage in Hebrews where it says to strive for peace, to strive to be holy. And why do we strive to be holy? Because our God is holy. And for some people, we may be the only Jesus they ever see. The question is this morning as we go away from here, are you willing, are you ready to show the world around you who Jesus really is? I want to challenge you this morning as we bow our heads, close our eyes, and as we get into the presence of God and as we come before him to search your own heart.
to really think about where you're at in your, your relationship with God. So because begin, peace begins with a personal, intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And in that relationship, we move towards being one with Jesus. And as we become one with Jesus, we do everything that he did. And the greatest thing that he did for you and I is that he loved us. So let's bow our, eye, bow our hearts and close our eyes this morning and offer ourselves as living sacrifices. Let's give over ourselves. Let's, let's die to the old self and our practices and the things that we used to do. And let's enter into this new life that God has offered us. To you and I, we, we must strive for peace. We must become something different. You and I, we have to be better to help others be better. Father, we come before you. We bow, Father, in humility. And we ask for forgiveness. We pray that you would forgive us for the moments that we were not peacemakers, the moments that, that we don't walk in your spirit, the moment that we lose focus on who you are, Father, the love that you've offered us, the love that you've given us. Father, we pray and trust that you will forgive us. Your word promises us that, that there is forgiveness of sins through your son, Jesus Christ. Our responsibility is just to turn away from them, to enter into a new life, a, a relationship with you, to trust and believe that, that Jesus Christ died on a cross and the blood was, that was shed on that cross that faithful day was the blood that would wash me and cleanse me of my unrighteousness. It was the sacrifice that was given up for me so that I might be able to enter into your presence. So Father, we thank you. We thank you that you love us. Thank you that you show us your grace and you offer us your mercy. Father, we come before you this morning and we ask that you would help us to walk in peace, to take this momentum that you've given us and to share the peace that you offer us through the power of your spirit. Father, that we would be peacemakers, ambassadors that would go out into this world and offer this love and this hope to the world around us. Father, that we would do it to honor you and to glorify you. Lord, that we would live in a way that would be a reflection of the love that you've shown us, the forgiveness that you've given us, the mercy and the grace that you have for us. Father, your love is so deep, it's so wide, so amazing. So we sit here in awe of you. Father, as we sing these last couple of songs, as we, as we have communion together, as we celebrate the gift of salvation, I pray that we as a people would be reminded of, of the sacrifice that you made for us, how far you're willing to go so that we might know you, so that we might walk with you. Father, we thank you for the relentless pursuit. Father, we thank you for never giving up. We thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. 
You may also contact us by phone at area code 505-792-8737 or email us at info at soulrio.com. At SoulRio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.